Amen. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing? Yeah, who's excited to be here today? Woo-woo, yeah. I think that was about three-fourths of you, and so that's good. I'm just going to stop right there. The other fourth, we're glad you're here too. So, uh, so anyway, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So excited to be here today on Sunday with my church family. You know, we are the church, and so when we leave here, we are being the church in the community. But Sunday gives us an opportunity to come back together and just celebrate what God's doing and been doing and uh, will do in the future. And so we, we certainly want to do that today. Uh, I want to add real quick one thing. Pastor Ivan gave you guys a lot of dates. Uh, one of the good things about being uh, a church with a lot going on is it's obvious that there are signs of life, that good things are happening. One of the not so good things is, one of the problems, one of the challenges, I guess I should say, is how do you communicate all of that in a way that people will hear and write down and be able to interact with? And so I want to encourage you, uh, make sure you're here on the 13th, make sure you're here on the 20th, uh, make sure you sign up for those different things. But I want to add one more piece to the plate, okay? So I know the plate's already pretty full, but I want to add one more little piece to that, and that is on October 19th. October 19th, we are going to be doing a serve day where we go out and we look for people, we look for ways to benefit and bless this community. Now, we did something very similar to this back in the springtime, and uh, it, was, it was a big success. It worked out very, very well. Uh, but we had, one, we had one project. We went to the Boys and Girls Club here in Mount Olive, and we had some things that we knew we were going to do. We had some things that we could do, and then we had some things that were like on the wish list. Like if we get, if, if everything just goes great, then we'll worry about these things. Well, we only opened that up to the life groups, to the bridge groups, and the bridge groups showed up in force, and we served, and you guys are so amazing, and so we got all the things on the need-to-get-done list done, we got all the things on the could-get-done list done, and then we actually finished the whole wish list, and, uh, and we finished at just about noon, and so that's kind of the time frame for this one uh, coming up here in just a few weeks. We're going to volunteer that day from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, but we're going big this time. We're inviting all of you. We're going to have three different projects in three different locations, and last week, I didn't really go into what the projects were, and I feel like I need to for a couple reasons. One, to inform you, and two, because we had one person sign up last week, and that's very scary, and for my want to be prepared, want to be a planned out self. I am having a little bit of anxiety right now, so I need you to help me. And if you can be there that day, I'd love for you to sign up. Let me tell you what we're doing. Uh, the first stop, the first project is we're going to be at the Make a Difference Food Pantry. And that day, every Saturday, they prepare meals for the elderly, the shut-ins. And uh, that's a, really kind of all I know about that. Ray Whitted and Chris Daly were the ones who were kind of heading this up. Ray Whitt is our outreach director. Chris is one of our senior leaders here in the church. And so Ray's going to be heading that project up. We're going to be volunteering there, preparing some real simple meals, sandwiches, that kind of thing. 
And uh, then we're going to, uh, I think they have a team that's going to go out and distribute. We might help with some of that. But we're going to be doing some projects there around the Make a Difference food pantry. And, and that is the perfect spot if you have an elementary-aged child to sign them up. So if you are five all the way up to 95, we have a spot where you can volunteer on that serve day. We're going to be baking some cookies, uh, going out, putting a Just Because card on those, and handing those out to the police department, fire department, some of the businesses in town that are open on Sunday, the Piggly Wiggly, those kinds of things. Just blessing those folks. And so that's the first project. The second project is Mount Olive Middle School. We went and we talked to the principal and we said, if, if we could bless you, if we could take a half a day, bring some volunteers out here and do something that would have the biggest impact on the school, what would it be? And she said, well, we've got a lot of covered walkways. And if there was any way we could paint those poles, you know, we take a lot of pride in our school looking good and and so we need the poles painted. So we looked around out front, and there weren't any poles. So we said, sure. And then it turns out there's 144 poles. So we asked her if there was anything else we could do. No, I'm just kidding. So we're going to paint some poles. So we're going uh, to be there doing that. And then the last project we have is there is a disabled veteran here in Mount Olive, and we're going to build a wheel, wheelchair ramp for that gentleman who has served our country. Uh, from what I understand, it, it's, a, it's a big ordeal for him to just be able to get off of his porch and be able to go anywhere. To leave and to arrive at his home is a, is a, is a hardship. And so it ought not be that way. We're going to go and bless that guy. And so uh, if you are handy, if you're good with a saw and hammer and nails, then that's your project. I have been told I was not needed on that project. I'm not sure why. My feelings are a little hurt, but I'm going to get over it. But anyway, so here's how you sign up, okay? Here's how you sign up. You go to our website, bridgechurch.cc, or you can go to the app, Bridge Church NC app, and you look for events. Under events, there is a, a place for, there for you to sign up, and it lets you, it, it asks you which project are you signing up for. And so again, I would love for everybody here to just get in on that, and let's bless the people of Mount Olive. Let's show people the hope and love of Jesus. You know, it's great that we come together on Sunday. It really is. I love that we get to do this. I've already said that, but uh, but this is not all there is. There's more. The, the reason why we come together and learn and open God's word, the reason why we go to our bridge groups is so then we can take that message and take what we've learned to a lost and dying world, a world that needs the hope and love of Jesus. And so October 19th is going to be our chance. You know, I think about the book of James. It says that faith without works is what? It's dead. It's of no value. We don't have to work our way into heaven, but if we truly have the love of Christ in us, we're going to want to do something. Just out of a natural response, we're going to want to be engaged. We're going to want to have an outlet to be able to get all of that love that we have received out. And so again, I want to ask you to, to be a part of that. Hey, let me real quick say a big thank you to Katie and Macy. You girls always do an incredible job. Church, can we clap for them? Let me also say a special word of thanks. I feel like I thank a lot of people that I see on Sunday mornings. I want to thank a team 
that words are not nearly enough. I want to thank a team that is so incredible and serves so tirelessly behind the scenes. And they do such an incredible job. And that is our Bridge Kids team, our leaders and volunteers. Can we just give them a hand clap too? Love those folks. All right. We're going to dive in. So we are in a sermon series right now called Restoring Values, Restoring Values. And you know that the culmination of this series is coming next week. Next Sunday, uh, that's right, next Sunday, we are going to be receiving our offering fit for a king. I'm not going to go into all that again today. I've done that the past couple of weeks. Let me just say, if you have not picked up one of these gold envelopes, if I say offering fit for a king and you have no idea what I'm talking about, go by the guest services desk, pick up one of these, and uh, we're all going to be praying about what it is that God would have us give. And then next week is going to be a special week. So I want you to be part of that. All right, that's it. That's all I'm saying about offering or money or generosity. Today, I want to talk to you about something much different. In this Restoring Values sermon series, we've said that there are some biblical values that really need to make a comeback in our nation, some biblical values that need to make a comeback in our churches, in our homes, in us. And today, I want to talk to you about the value of hope, the value of hope. That's a big one, isn't it? I mean, you and I, we all know people who have gone through and are going through situations. I mean, there's even a saying, between a rock and a hard place. There's just no good way out. There's no way of escape. People who are in need of hope. Now, the amazing thing is, when I look at Scripture, Oh my goodness, the promises of God jump off the page at us. I know some of you do devotional reading, that's fine, nothing wrong with that. But I want to encourage you, if you don't read your Bible, you should read your Bible. Like start in one chapter and read all the way through because God has filled the pages of Scripture with promises, promises of God to us. God has promised promised to give us the Holy Spirit. He's promised to give us eternal life with him in heaven. He's promised to give us wisdom. And the list goes on and on and on. As a matter of fact, I read behind uh, one scholar this week, and he said that he counted 5,467 promises of God in the pages of Scripture. 5,400. That's an incredible number. Now, most scholars don't go up that high, but just about all biblical scholars agree that there are over 3,000 promises of God available to us as believers. Things that the God of the universe, the God who make made blinded eyes to see, the God who made the lame to walk, the God who made bread rain down from heaven in the wilderness, the God who parted the Red Sea, that that God who never changes is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that that God has made us some promises. And so that's encouraging. That gives me hope. But here's what else is absolutely true. When we close our Bible, when we shut the pages of Scripture, and when we just go around and look around us, are there people who 
are walking in the promises of God? Absolutely. But you and I both know that life can be tough. And there are people who are good, godly people. And you would say, I don't know why in the world that. And just fill in the blank. Whatever that happens to be happened to that person. I don't know why they got that diagnosis. I don't know why their kid has to suffer with that. I don't know why they lost their job. I don't know if I hit yours, but I know life can absolutely be tough. And and one of the things for me as a pastor is I get a front row seat to this kind of stuff all the time. I, I mean, it's amazing. A few months ago, I got a call from a couple. They wanted to sit down and have marriage counseling, which I happily agreed to do. They came and they sat down in my office and they said, Pastor Andrew, we've decided to get a divorce. We just wanted to come and talk to you about it. I'm sad to say that was the second couple within two years that had made that same statement sitting on that same couch. Hey, we're done. We just want to come tell you. Okay, I mean, now granted, I know God specializes in resurrections, that God can bring dead things back to life. There can be a valley of dry bones, and it can come to life, and God does these amazing things. But that would be like the check engine light being on on our car and us going for several months, and then finally when the motor blows up, we decide, you know what, I need to go to a mechanic just doesn't work real well like that. I wouldn't recommend you try that. I've had other people who have come to me and they've said, uh, you know, I never get the calls where, hey, Pastor Andrew, mom's in good health. I just wanted to tell you we're having a BLT for dinner. I don't know what the BLT is about, but just everything's going good. No, when people call the pastor, it's because mom's in ICU Can you come quick? Can you pray? Hey, Pastor Andrew, we're on the verge of bankruptcy. Things just don't look good. What I'm saying is that oftentimes as a pastor, I get to interact with people and pray with people and be around people who are in dire need, who need hope. They need a miracle. Now, I'm not complaining about my job. I love what I get to do. I love, I have seen God show up in amazing ways. Ways that if you didn't know the person or if you didn't, if I had no credibility in your life, you would think, nah, he's pulling my leg. That didn't really happen. Remember in week one though, in week one I said, we talked about miracles and I said that a problem is a prerequisite for a miracle. And so if you're going along in life and everything's just kind of even keel and you're just kind of scooting along, nothing bad's happening, You don't need a miracle. You're actually not even a candidate. But if you've got a problem, if there's an area of your life that needs hope, the good news is God can provide that hope. God can do a miracle. And again, I know we've been talking on a macro level. Like we're we're talking about theoretical people. But let's get personal for just a second. Maybe you're thinking of someone right now. Maybe that someone that needs hope is you. Here's the truth. Everybody that smiles and says everything's going good, 
is not telling the truth. And we never know what people are dealing with. And we never know what's happening inside of them. And we never know the level of hope that they need. So today, this morning, that might be you. In an audience this size, in a crowd this size, I have no doubt that there are some of us who feel like our back is against a wall. And during worship, you see people with their hands up and you feel like, man, I I just have such a heaviness of soul, heaviness of spirit. I can't even raise my hand. I can't even worship because I got this thing going on. I believe that you are here on purpose today by divine uh, appointment. It's not by accident. It's not by chance. I know maybe somebody said they would take you out to lunch, and that's why you came. I know maybe you came to hear these girls sing, or you came for the worship band, or whatever you came for. But I believe if that's you this morning and you need hope, you are here, and God wants me to tell you this. There is hope in Christ Jesus. There is hope in Christ Jesus. Can we just say that on the count of three? One, two, three. There is hope in Christ Jesus. Let's say it one more time like we believe it. There is hope in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to get to the in hope part in just a second. But first, I want to talk to you about the in Christ part. In Ephesians 2, 12 and 13, it says this. Remember that at that time you were, what? Separate from Christ without hope. You were separate from Christ, and so you didn't have hope. Guys, those two ideas go together. This this idea that if I'm separate from Christ, I am apart from the source of eternal hope. Several years ago, when I was in Bible college, um, there was this professor that I really looked up to, just great man of God, great professor, great teacher, uh, Dr. Nichols. Dr. Nichols, he made the book of Romans just come alive. The book of Romans is one of the most, the the hardest books to understand in all of Scripture. And uh, Dr. Nichols, he, we went away on, for the summer break, and we got word Uh, that he had had a massive heart attack and that he was, for about a week, he he was just hanging on to life. It was was a very precarious situation, but he had a chance through the summer break to kind of heal, rest up, recover. And so he comes back and he's teaching that fall semester. And so, of course, the question we all had was, oh my goodness, tell us what happened. Are you okay? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, I am so thankful for those paramedics. I'm so thankful for those doctors. They saved my life, but they only saved my life for a little while. So, of course, you know, in the class, we're like, oh, my goodness, are you dying? You know, what are you telling us? He said, they saved my life for a little while because at some point, this heart in my chest will stop beating again. It will go kaput, and I will die. They saved my life for a little while. But the thing that happened this summer is that now I have got more resolve and more focus than ever. 
God called me to be a pastor, and he called me to be a professor and to speak into the lives of the next generation. And he said, I want to do that with even more uh, resolve, with even more focus. I want to be even more uh, amped up about that because one of the things that I can do is I can help people meet Jesus Christ and they can have an eternal hope. Any hope that this world offers is temporary. But when we're in Christ, we have eternal hope. Look at verse 13. Let me finish. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So when I'm separate from Christ, I'm without hope. But through the blood, through what Jesus did for me, I can be united with the source of hope. I can be united with him. Here's the truth. When God looks at us, when God looks at all of humanity, all of humanity past, all of humanity present, and all of humanity future, when God looks at you, there is one of two ways that he sees you. There's one of two standings. It's black or it's white. There's not shades of gray. There's not outliers. There's not exceptions to the rule. And so I have in these buckets, you can tell this was a really elaborate demonstration. We've got our signs, our duct tape, and our red totes that stuff's going to need to go back in at the end of service, okay? Can everybody see these? Can you see these on the back row? No, you can't. So when God looks at us, he either sees us as being in Adam or being in Christ. That's it. In Adam or in Christ. And, and so we're going to discover today, we're going to see what that means. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 47 says this. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Who's that? That's Adam of Adam and Eve. That's Adam from the Garden of Eden. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a living spirit. Who's that? That's Jesus. So you have the first Adam and the last Adam. Here we see that God is uniting the two. God is showing us that there is a relationship between the two. Verse 46, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. Here's what I'm saying to you. Adam was a type of Christ. Adam was a type of Christ. Now, within theology, and I know some of you might be very familiar with typology. Some of you might not. I want to just kind of put the cookies on the bottom shelf so that we can all have one this morning. Within theology, theology means theology is the study of, theo is God, theology. Within the study of God, there is a study called typology. Typology, the study of types. And here's what typology is. Typology is a special kind of symbolism. Types represent something in the future. Adam was a type of Christ. And so we can see the way that Adam's life corresponds to Jesus. Now, if you're looking for a Bible study, typology is an incredible one. It will open your eyes to the symbolism 
that is in Scripture. It doesn't always have to be a play, a person. It can be a thing. It can be a lot of different stuff. Oftentimes, it's someone in the Old Testament whose lives foreshadowed someone in the New Testament. So you guys following what I'm saying? Let me just see everybody do like this. You follow me? Adam is a type of Christ. Let me show you a couple ways how that's true. The first Adam turned from the father in a garden. The last Adam turned to the father in a garden. So Adam turned from the father in the garden of Eden. And Jesus turned to the father in the garden of Gethsemane. The first Adam was naked and unashamed. The last Adam was naked and bore our shame. The first Adam's sin brought us thorns. The last Adam wore a crown of thorns. I see some of you trying to write all this down. I'm just going to go so quick. You're not going to be able to do that. If you want these notes, uh, just email me. Email me and I'll send you these, okay? The first Adam substituted himself for God. The last Adam was God substituting himself for sinners. The first Adam sinned at a tree. This one's so good. The last Adam bore our sin on a tree. The first Adam died as a sinner. The last Adam died for sinners. According to the Bible, we die in Adam, but are born again in Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 22. It says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive again. In Adam there is condemnation, but in Christ there is salvation. In Adam we receive a sin nature, but in Christ we receive a new nature. Listen, I could keep going and going and going, and as long as that list is, it is extensive, but it is not exhaustive. There are so many other comparisons of Adam's life to Jesus' life. Here's the point. In his word... God shows us that there is this connection between the two. And in his word, God makes it clear that when he sees us on the final day, and even today, when God looks at you, he either sees that you are standing in this, and for just lack of a better word, this bucket or this bucket. So what, what does it mean to be in Adam? To be in Adam, all you've got to do is be born. Because each and every one of us were born with a sin nature. Nobody had to teach us how to sin. We came out of the womb fully equipped to do just fine on our own. That's the reason why I had to thank those Bridge Kids volunteers a little bit earlier in today's service. All we, all we got to do is be born. And we are headed toward sinfulness and we are headed toward damnation. If we don't get out of this bucket and out of this standing, we will go to hell. Anyone who's in Adam, that is their final destination. So what does it mean then to be in Christ? What do you have to do to be here? You have to be born again. Born again. The fancy theological word is regeneration. That your heart has to be made knew that you have to ask him to forgive you of your sins and, and come cleanse you and live in you and help you make good decisions and his Holy Spirit to be a part of your everyday life. But you know what happens in Christ? Does this mean that we are perfect and sinless? Nope. We may mess up. You may sin. As a matter of fact, you probably will. 
But when we're in Christ, our standing has changed. Now I am a saint of God. I was bought with a price. I am God's son. I'm a saint of God who might mess up. I'm a saint of God who might sin. But my standing has changed. Now, if you're over here, oh, oh, if you're over here, I'm a sinner. I may do good things. I may give to the food pantry. I may sign up for that serve day. I may give a bigger offering than anybody on offering fit for a king. But if I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, if I am not in Christ, all of those things might make me a good person, but my future is still secure in hell. I know we don't like to talk about that. I know we don't like to think about that. But the reason I bring that up is because if we are in Christ this morning, we have all the hope in the world that heaven is our home and that we will get to spend forever with God in his presence in the place that he has been preparing for us for many, many years. And so either we are in Christ or we're in Adam. Now what I want to do is if you have your Bibles, just very quickly, we're going to look through Romans 8. If you want to go ahead and open there, we're going to take a quick tour. And I want to give you four reasons why in Christ I can always be hopeful. Four reasons why I can always be hopeful. Number one, because his pardon erases my guilt. Because his pardon erases my guilt. You guys know what a pardon is? If you've ever seen a dramatic movie, you do. What happens? The guy is on death row. He's shackled up. Clank, clank, clank. He's heading down to the room for the lethal injection. He is about to die. And then what happens? At the last second, come on, some of you guys are nodding your heads. Bring, bring. It's the president of the United States. And this guy has pardoned. He's been pardoned. And now he's not going to die. He's got a new lease on life. Friends, it's the same way. When you are in Christ, you have been pardoned from your guilt. Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word no is so important. That's the Greek word, ouidais, O-U hyphen D-I-C-E. That is the strongest possible way to say no in the Greek. It means no way, no how, never, nada, can't happen, no way, Jose. I don't even know how to say it any better than that. Just no. So how much condemnation is there for those in Christ? None. None. That means when I put my faith in him, I don't have to be afraid of God's judgment anymore because now I am in right standing with him. You know, one of the things that happens for so many of us as we become believers is we'll mess up. We'll be in right standing with God. We'll mess up. We'll fall short. We'll sin. And, and somewhere along the way, we'll have this, this vision of God that he is this cop around the corner. And he's been waiting on us to break the law. He's been waiting on And he's got his billy club just ready to beat us back into submission. 
But that's not true. That's not the picture that God gives us in Scripture. So we don't have to be afraid of God's judgment. Here's, an even, here's another one that's just as good. It doesn't matter what jury comes back with a guilty verdict in your life. It doesn't matter what your coworkers say about you, what your family says about you. God's pardon erases my guilt. What about that for hope? Amen. Amen. Number two, because his power frees me from my bad habits. His power frees me from my bad habits. So I don't have to be controlled by anything. You don't have to be controlled by anything. By alcohol, by pills, by drugs, by pornography, by self-image. You don't have to be controlled by anything. Look at verse 2, the very next verse. It says, because through Christ Jesus... The law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free, set you free from the law of sin and death. I love the way the Living Bible puts it. It says, for the power of the life-giving Spirit, and this power is mine through Christ Jesus, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. I just love that imagery right there, the vicious circle. Do you guys know what circle I'm talking about? There comes temptation. We're tempted with something. The enemy presents it. There's, there's something maybe we thought about doing or we thought about giving into. There's this temptation. And for a while, maybe you're strong. For a while, maybe everything's going okay. But eventually, we fall. And so there's temptation. Then there's the fall. Then there's all this guilt. Oh, man, I knew better. Why did I do that? I knew I shouldn't have done that. And then there's this weakened self-resolve. I can't do that anymore. I need to be better than that. And then you start over. And what what happens is the enemy puts us in this spin cycle where it's this vicious circle where every time we go around, we get weaker and weaker and weaker. And then after a while, we say, Man, I I prayed that prayer. I thought I was living in Christ. Maybe I didn't do it right. You know what? I mean, I don't really know if I am a Christian. I don't know if it took. Maybe I I should have done it a little different. Maybe I was supposed to go to the altar. And we begin to doubt all these things because of that vicious circle. But when we are in Christ... The Holy Spirit gives us the power to change. Let me just plug Celebrate Recovery right here. If you're here this morning and you're dealing with a hurt habit or hang-up, that's kind of the way that Celebrate Recovery is marketed. That's the, the language that they use. If you're here this morning and you find yourself kind of in that vicious circle, I want to encourage you to check that out. Uh, the Celebrate Recovery that's uh, attached to the bridge meets on Tuesday nights at our Bridge to Hope Center. There's also one in town that meets on Thursday nights. If you want any of those details, I'd be happy to give those to you. All right, so number three, let's keep moving. Number three, because his provision supplies my needs. His provision supplies my needs. Here's the good news. God has promised to meet all of our needs. 
Not all of our wants, not all of our greeds, but God has promised to meet all of our needs, our relationship needs, financial needs, spiritual needs, physical needs. Verse 32, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Think about that now. If God's willing to die for us, what isn't he willing to do for us? He's going to meet our needs. I love love what uh, Psalm 8411 says. For the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. He's not going to withhold our needs from us. Just like I know many of you have children. If you saw your kids and they were hungry, you saw your kids and they were in shoes that were too small and didn't fit or they were in tattered clothing, what would we do as parents? I'd work a second job. I would go without clothes, shoes. Any of us, all of us, we would do whatever it took. I see some mamas just mouthing at me. You're right. I would do whatever for my babies. We would do whatever it took. Because we would want to provide for their needs. Now, if they said, I need a PlayStation 4 with a big screen TV, what would you say? Yeah. (laughs) That's what one mom says up front. God has promised to meet all of our needs. Nicole, would you come up and play? Let me give you this last one very quickly. As she comes, I just want to kind of set the atmosphere. I I, I want us to not rush in this moment. Number four, because his promise secures my future. I can be hopeful. We can be hopeful because God's promise secures my future. You know, earlier I said that there are over 3,000 promises of God in Scripture for those of us that are in Christ. But the question is this morning, are we in Christ? Do we have the right standing? If you do, your future is secure. Let's look at verses 38 through 39. It says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing will ever make God stop loving me. Nothing, neither height nor depth, no matter what you've done, Now, guys, again, does that mean that I'm sinless and perfect? Absolutely not. But I'll tell you this, whatever you're in affects who you are. The longer you're in Christ, the more the attributes of Christ will be on you. The more you'll act like Jesus and love like Jesus and serve like Jesus. So so I've got this friend. He's a pastor at a different campus. His name is Pastor Andy, Andy Stovall. 
And my wife, who knows me so well, she can tell when I've been around Andy. She said, I can tell the way you're talking, those little jokes you're making. Now hear me, I'm not picking on Pastor Andy. Fantastic man of God. I aspire to be like Pastor Andy. But he just has a certain sense of humor. He has a certain way that he says things. And if I am around Andy, I will come home and my wife knows it. Guys, if we're in Christ, you won't be perfect. But your future is secure. You'll become more like him. It'll be the best choice you've ever made. And so I just want to offer you an opportunity to do that right now, this morning. We're going to do things a little bit differently. If you would, just stand to your feet right there where you are. We're not going to come down front. Just, just stand right where you are. The music's going to continue to play. And the question I want you to, to figure out right now, the question I want you to grapple with is, Pastor Andrew, am I really in Christ? That, that's what I want you to begin to ask yourself right now. Say, say am I really here or am I here? Do, do I want to go to heaven? Do I want to have Jesus as my constant companion, my Savior, my Lord, my God? And if you want this, if you want to get out of this bucket and get into this bucket today, you want to change your standing and be in Christ, now's your opportunity. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you this morning, and you would say, Pastor Andrew, I want to be in Christ, would you just raise your hand, raise it really high so I can see it? We're not going to call you down front. We're not going to embarrass you. I see that hand. 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 Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. Incredible. Incredible. Hands all over this room. I, I want every single person here to repeat after me. Don't make those people who were, who were making that step do it by themselves today. You say this with me. Every single person, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of hope. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who lived a perfect life and died with my sin and shame on his back I pray that you would forgive me of my sins and come live in my heart I want to be saved I want to be in Christ I pray it all in Jesus name Amen, Amen with every head still bowed, every eye closed I just want to pray a prayer of hope for, for the rest of us, for every single person here, for all of those who are watching online. I, I believe that hope is not limited to just us becoming a Christian and then just try to make it out of here, out of this earth any way we can. I believe that God wants to give us hope right where we are. And so we're gonna pray that. Heavenly Father, I don't know what every person is dealing with. There may be some here this morning, God, that are 
they just feel so hopeless. There is a relationship that they want so badly to repair and it just is not going well. For others, it might be struggling financially. And we're talking about giving a, a, an offering and a tithe next Sunday and, and they're trying to figure out how they're gonna pay their bills. God, help them. Meet them right where they are. I pray, God, for those who need some hope. They've, they've been saved for a while, but they read the pages of Scripture, and it just doesn't make sense, and it's not clicking, and they, they, they just don't feel like they have any hope. I, I think about those who are mourning the loss of a loved one. I think about those who are eagerly awaiting a spouse. God, you've put this desire in their heart that they would that they would marry and that at some point they would have that companionship that they see so many other people have. And yet it's just not working out right now. I think about parents who a kid is struggling. I, I think about uh, people here who have aging parents, all kinds of situations. God, that we just need you to be a part of. We need you to enter those situations. We need your hand. We need your help. God, if you don't do it, nothing will change. We will leave this place and we will continue to be hopeless. God, that's not the that's going to happen. I just believe right now. I pray that you would give us hearts of faith. I pray, God, that there would just be a shift in our situations, that there would be a shift. And Lord, that we would experience uh, your hand, that we would know it was you, that we would be able to trace it back to this prayer in this moment. And God, as we do in the, in the days and weeks and months to come, as, as the testimonies of your goodness, as the testimonies of your hope and love start flooding in, we're going to be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. Because apart from you, we have no hope. When we were separate from Christ, there was no hope. But in Christ Jesus, amazing hope. Hope abounds. You are the source of hope. Father, thank you for what you're doing in this moment. I pray blessing on each and every person under the sound of my voice. Pray it on Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen.